Welcome to the We Are Peru podcast, a podcast highlighting topics related to the Peru Central School District and greater Peru community. Welcome to the We Are Peru podcast. This is our January of 2023 episode, first episode of the new year. How are you doing, Nick? All right, I'm doing well, John. Thanks for asking. I hope all is well with you. Mm, absolutely. Did you have a good holiday? Uh, definitely did. Uh, it's always great to get the family time. Uh, a little extra relaxation, even though the kids always keep us nice and busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, how about you? Yeah, yeah, I can't complain. You know, a lot of good family time. You know, and um, you know it was warm and then cold and then warm and now it's <laughs> cold again. So, and yeah. we might be getting some snow as of the recording of this podcast. Yeah, and I was just gonna say, as we're sitting here uh, looking outside, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a storm coming in tonight into tomorrow, so we'll see. You know how that impacts school and travel and you know hope uh, hopefully uh, everybody keeps power and stays safe so absolutely uh yeah so we're definitely excited uh for january's episode as we get to welcome a first-time guest first-time guest you know we like those yeah so we have our new assistant superintendent uh shannon pitrebouillet she'll be joining us today excellent uh, as well so she's going to join the segment uh, that we've got with superintendent scott storms uh, just to kind of provide some information, uh, you know, about where, where she's coming from and, and what role she hopes to play uh, here in the district. So definitely exciting. Absolutely. Look forward to having her on. And um, well, without any further ado, we may as well get started with our first section, which will be our board report from Ms. Bonnie Berry. Okay, now we are privileged to be joined for our regular segment by our board president, Miss Bonnie Berry. How are you today, Bonnie? Very good. We're watching the snowy, snowy morning and hoping that it doesn't get too bad today. But I think Wednesday we're going to have it again. <laughs> but it is winter. It is winter. Yeah, it is. It is where we live, right? Uh, it was yeah, strange yeah. because when I I got an alert on my phone that said storm warning, and it was only said a dusting to two inches. And I'm like, that's just any day. Like, that's not a warning anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but either way, uh, yeah, thanks for taking time to join us. And uh, we look forward to seeing or hearing, uh, you know, what's been going on from the board perspective. Right. Well, thank you. Uh, as people should know, we welcome the community to who cannot make a meeting to use our Peru comments at PeruCSD.org email. And this month, we did have a concern from um, um, a gentleman regarding the absentee ballots uh, for our budget vote in May. Um, there's seven reasons for people to be able to get an absentee ballot, including, um, you know, health concerns, COVID exposure, being out of town, physically unable to come in person. But the absentee ballot will not be available until the board um, really approves a budget to present to the public in May. So the ballot will be available at our website or by calling the district clerk at 518-643-6002. And I I did read um, the gentleman's letter and and gave the reasons to at the board meeting. But our budget should be approved at our board meeting in April for the May 16th. So we're hoping that everything will be all settled by that time. So... um, Another big thank you to Scott Thurber, who is now Judge Scott Thurber, um, for being on the board for four and a half years. His his term would have been up in in uh, at the end of June this year, but Scott was elected as uh, judge here in the town of Peru and cannot hold a um, board seat. 
So Linda Morgan, who uh, had finished her 10 years last year, um, gratefully uh, accepted uh, coming on for um, January through May to help us out, which is great because then we don't have to go into any training with her. She's had the training. She knows some of the background, and it's only been a few months months since she didn't attend a board meeting. Excellent. We also, yeah, I think it's great. You yeah, know, she was got a, the, she was great, yeah. and uh, it's nice that uh, we've been able to get her back on board. It allows us to continue moving forward. Right, because yeah. otherwise, people, anybody else, or another election, we wouldn't do that because of the cost and everything else. We we are fiscally uh, responsible. Um, at the board meeting, our CV Tech Director Michelle Friedman and our District Superintendent of CVS, Dr. Davy, presented the board with information on the Career and Technical Education Center, known as CV Tech. The two-year program approved by New York State as, as a CTE uh, really is a, a, an excellent program. Um, <clears throat> I won't go on and explain anything. If people listen to the recording of the board, Michelle uh, Friedman does a much better job than I do, but I know um, I worked at CVS and was at the building right next to CV Tech, and it's just amazing what goes on there. It's, you know, we have... I think we have almost 80 kids, uh, students going to CV Tech. <clears throat> their program runs a morning and an afternoon session. So the students get some of their work at, at the district, and then they go to CV Tech or vice versa. Two of our students presented and gave us information on their participation. One young woman was in cosmetology, cosmetology and told us that she found out more, that, that it was more than the hair and makeup and so much of the science behind it. And when she finishes, she said she'll be able to find employment and then be able to, to um, fund her college uh, because she wants to go on beyond cosmetology. And she said, you know, this is an excellent way for me to make money because I'll have that certification as, as a, a cosmetologist. And then we had the other student who was in forestry, a young woman. And with her participation in the program, she has an internship with a local landscaper. So it's, it's amazing the doors um, that CV Tech opens up for our students. And as Mrs. Friedman said, it's not Votech anymore, but career and technical education. Um, Dr. Dayton, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, wow. Yeah, I was going to say uh, the, the opportunity and the diversity within the skills that they can develop uh, has really grown over the years as well. Um, so I think oh, it's, amazing. it's just a, it, it's an industry, like a lot of these industries we're, we don't have a large amount of students like going into them, so they're they're in a need for uh, skilled labor or these skill sets, uh, and for students to be able to develop those skills at the high school level before graduation, I think it's huge. And Director Friedman has have she has many connections to some of the local um, industries around here, so it opens the doors and opportunities for the students as they go and visit all those different places. Dr. Davey also gave us an overview of our participation in CVS programs, and our rate of return is 76% um, on the coasters. People don't understand that. It is hard to understand, but we get a, a rate depending upon um, our population and economy in the area. And then you belong to what they call a cooperative service kosher, like we're, we've just joined one for the cafeteria services. We have one for staff development. We have a couple others, um, you know, for the prevention services, the, the uh, 
the one that goes around with the fire uh, department and does all the different uh, uh, reviews of everything. So we have many coasters that we participate in. So when we talk about 76%, it means you pay, let's say you pay a dollar on uh, this year for uh, every dollar that you pay in the program. The following year, you get back 76 cents. So we're very fortunate. We're one of the higher ones. Um, it can go up and down. It can go into the 60s. It can go um, usually 76 uh, percent is a is a good place for us. I think it's gone as high as 78 percent before. But it all depends upon the economy and all the other different things. So that's a that's a big plus for us. Um, oh, then we had our sports review from Mrs. Bartholomew, and she. Uh, presented all the information on the fall sports. Uh, really, people should check out the um, the PowerPoint on Facebook. And uh, do we have it on the website too? Uh, I have to go through and double check. Um, if it's not, yeah. it will be. Yeah, because I mean that was amazing when we had look at all of our teams, and every one of the teams on on in the fall had the ninety average or above. I mean, this is amazing. Um, then Mr. Sapp presented information on the multi-year financial plan. And we, you know, we always have to wait for the legislators to approve the budget in April. Mm -hmm. And right now, Governor Hochul is supportive of another year of increasing in state aid. So we'll see what happens. Budgets are always a, a challenge uh, with inflation costs and all the rest. And we, we are the benefactor of many grants. But we have to be mindful that what happens when the grants are depleted is that we still have to sustain things. So when we do the grants, we look at, you know, what they might do for multi-year and sometimes that um, how we can sustain it after that. And everybody's facing rising costs. Um, you know, last year, many of our towns went to 100% equalization rate. Therefore, our tax rate went down in all but two towns. And I know I got my tax bill um, the other day, or well, last month, and mine was down a couple hundred dollars because of that equalization rate and also because our town of Peru did do a re-evaluation of things. Right. So it can go up and down with people. I hope most people saw a little decrease. Um, I know many people did see an, you know, an evaluation go up on their, their homes, as, as did I personally. But in the end, it worked out for a lot of people, but it still hurts when everything goes up and <laughs> nothing more is coming in. Right. <laughs> does. And that's why we voted on having the uh, uh, discounts uh, for seniors and disabled people that will go into effect next year. Um, actually. September. No, it couldn't go last September because we just we had to vote on it before December. So that will help people with our school taxes anyway. We we have nothing, no control over the land taxes or how your home is evaluated. That's all with towns, so and counties. So that's nothing with us. All we can do is is try to maintain um, a good financial perspective for people. And may people vote on our on our budget and our tax rate. So uh, that comes out again in September for the school. But people are just getting the town, and that has nothing to do with the school. We don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> Sometimes we get blamed for that, too. <laughs> um, we, you know, we always review field trip information, and 
it is a, really a, a pleasure to assist the group uh, participating in the Model UN in Boston. I believe uh, they go the end of this week um, in the Old County Music Festival in February. Um, we also approve new rates for substitutes because of the minimum wage. Um, that's important for people to know. Maybe some people will be, you know, who have a few hours a day, you know, be willing to put their name in for substitutes because we have increased our rates above the minimum, at the minimum wage or above. We also approved a really nice thing, the girls' flag football um, in the spring this year. Yeah. Yeah, and, I saw there was uh, funding yeah. that, I believe, that, was it the New York Giants? organization yeah, the NFL, yeah the NFL, NFL and the New York Giants, yeah yep. are supporting um, our section with thirty thousand dollars to help a flag football um, teams get um, you know get to going and, and uh, get the girls involved in the spring so that's a very different thing and we're grateful for them uh, for helping support that with you know thirty thousand dollars over the section, I'm not sure. It may have to be some merged teams with the number of, of girls that might participate, but that's okay. We do merge teams for right. swimming and we do merge teams for hockey and it it helps, you know, both both schools. Yeah, and there's definitely a level of interest out there. I know uh just some of the, you know, teenage girls that I've spoken to about it, uh there's there's an interest without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's you know it's it's where it is. I think I think uh, we look at all the equity things, and just having that available for girls is another option for them. You know, when I was in school, we, we didn't have interscholastic sports for girls. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was in the '60s, and there were there were no interscholastic sports. You had intramurals after school, and that was about it. <laughs> you know? well, so this is great. Yeah, it's nice to see see it growing. Another opportunity. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, without a doubt. You know that personally. Your daughter has done so well with everything that she's been doing. So that's great, you know. Um, as always, it's a pleasure to be here and offer the community a summary of our board meeting. And I know uh, Mr. Storms will be giving more information, but uh, it's a pleasure always. And hopefully people listen to the podcast and know that we are trying to involve the community more and have them um you know, understand some of the things that happened during the board meeting because I know if they don't follow it, it's hard to understand what has been happening. So, thank you so much for always doing the podcast. Uh, absolutely, thank you so much for being here. Okay, take care. You thank, too. thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, so we are going to move on to our superintendent report. Uh, so we are joined by Superintendent Scott Storms. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you. Happy and New Year. Happy New the Year, New Year too. episode. That's right. You are correct. Uh, so we are also uh, joined by our first-time guest and a new member of the uh, Peru family, uh, Shannon Pitcher-Bouye. Uh, how are you doing today, Shannon? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, so uh, Shannon, you are our newly appointed assistant superintendent. Uh, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Uh, so uh, since you're new to the show, uh, you know, why don't you just take a second and introduce yourself and just share a little bit of information about you know, uh, your experience in education and, and what you hope to bring to Peru. Well, thank you for having me. I've been around the North Country and in education for quite some time, 25 years. And um, I started out as a classroom teacher 
grades three and four at the St. Regis Mohawk School. And so I had some really great experiences from there. Um, from there, I moved on to administration and have had various roles from assistant principal to principal. Um, my most recent post was director of instructional support services at Franklin Essex Hamilton BOCES, where I really supported school districts around the region with professional development and um, creating new COSER services, a lot of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So, yeah. so, so here I am. Definitely, uh, you know, a, a broad background of experience, uh, and I think a welcomed addition to uh, our administrative team uh, and our leadership team in Peru. Uh, so we're definitely excited to have you. Yeah. For sure. I think that, that one of the things that's going to be great is Shannon's expertise, um, things that she's, experiences that she's had are going to really support us as a school district, um, some of the areas of professional development. Um, also, her work with DEI is going to really support our, our, our district. Um, a lot of good work. She's only been here since right after uh, the holiday break, but she's digging in and we're, we're getting through a lot of things right now. Jen, do you want to talk a little bit about um, some of the things we're doing right now with the leadership team, um, um, even at our leadership team meetings, where we're, we're starting to talk a little bit more about diversity and, and addressing some, some, some things that are popping up in our district? Yeah, for sure. So, so we all know that um, during this time that we're living in, there's always something that pops up, right, that, that is grounded in some sort of um, inclusion or belonging effort. And... So as things are popping up and we just have our, our conversations, we're really trying to to learn more about whatever the, the root issue might be. Um, so we, we've had some things happen with some students just, you know, calling each other names. And as a team, we want to be more consistent. We want to understand the behavior, but we also really want to not only give the student a consequence if they need that, right, but give them an educance or a learning opportunity. Like how do we help them take ownership for what they've done and also repair the harm that they've caused? So as a team, we've, we've started to design our meetings a little bit differently, look at norms that we, norms or agreements that we as a leadership team want to operate and, and stand by. Like how are we going to show up for one another? How are we going to act in the school? And what can we agree on? And so we've developed some leadership team norms um, we've, we're, we're committed to learning about the issues that are, that are happening in current events that are relevant to us that we might not have personal experience with, but our students have that experience. And, um, you know, restorative practices, we're, we're digging into that a little bit more. It's, it's already, you know, well established in our high school, the community building circles, but we're getting some opportunities to really dig in and, and learn more about hosting harm circles and repair circles so that so that we can move the needle and, and change the behavior of the students. Really, we've seen a change in our leadership team meeting just just from the, these um, practices being put in place. So I look forward to more of our meetings and being able to continue this work. Yeah. And you, oh, I'm nope. sorry. No, and even good. practicing nope. a practicing circle in our in our team meetings, you know, right. starting off in a circle so that we can um, improve and and build community and connection within our own team. That's what strengthens a team is, is connection. So I think if it's, if there's one thing that I really want to bring to this position and to the, to the entire school community is that level of care and connection, because without that learning can't happen, you know, effective teaching can't happen. Partnerships with parents can't happen if, 
if people don't feel cared and valued and seen and heard. Yeah, and I know there was, uh, I'm not sure which meeting it was that I attended, it was probably a couple of years ago, where we identified the need to build relationships as one of the core things that had to happen coming off of the COVID experience, right, mm -hmm. where everybody felt disconnected from staff to students uh, to colleagues, uh, and I think uh, focusing on the building of the relationships and repairing relationships will just have a positive impact on the academic experience, right? Like that's that's a foundation piece before you can really get to the learning. Um, yeah, I'm bringing some, some teams together. Um, we have some folks that are interested in supporting the district in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging efforts. And so we're just having an informational meeting and we had several people respond, but I gave a survey and then also we're bringing our PD committee, our professional development committee together to, okay, where do we need to go next? Where have we been? But you know, people are indicating, you know, what are your highest priorities right now? And student wellness, adult mental health, all of that is, is on the forefront. Um, student behavior, challenging behaviors. So this is all rooted in, in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. and, and care. So, so we have some work to do, but we have the data. Now we need to, to use whatever choices we make next need to really support that data. Uh, it's definitely nice to see us moving in this direction too and finally and then being able to take some steps forward with it uh, it's definitely something that we've felt for a while that we've needed to focus on um, and now we're we're doing that so it's it's great to see for sure um, so as always i know you know everybody's schedules are very busy uh, but we appreciate you both taking the time to uh, join the podcast uh, share some information and we look forward to uh, what is to come thank you so much for having me thanks All right, so we are going to get to the segment of our show that's dedicated to Peru Athletics, and we are uh, happy to welcome back Diana Bartholomew, our athletic coordinator. Uh, so how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, we have an exciting topic to discuss today. Uh, we do. Something very different than what we've discussed before in our previous podcast. Yeah, so what, a, what it looks like and what I've heard, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, New York State Public High School Athletic Association has partnered with the Buffalo Bills, uh, New York Giants, New York Jets, and Nike to create a flag football uh, pilot program. So there's an initiative uh, to bring uh, flag football to the sections across New York State. So uh, where are we at in this process? What's it looking like? So that is correct. So um, the pilot program actually started last year. And last okay. year in the state of New York, we had 51 teams that participated. And um, this year, the New York Giants put out some more money to help schools pilot this program and get it started. And as of yesterday, there's going to be 141 teams in the state of New York. Wow, all right. Wow. So we're yeah. super excited about that. Um, looks like um, February 1st, the uh, NISFA Council will be meeting to um, put forth a vote for a state championship because now we're going to have enough teams across the state to have sectional, regional, and state play. Awesome. Uh, great news, because that's the one thing that you do worry about is numbers and participation. But mm. uh, So the districts that did uh, participate uh, this past spring, uh, last school year, uh, numbers were good? Numbers were fantastic. Yeah. Um, very high enrollment, um, very successful seasons. Um, so, again, um, with the state of New York and the NFL, really decided to really push to see if we could get it completely across the state. Um, and I think they're very happy. Yesterday I had the opportunity to uh, speak with a representative from the New York Giants um, in, a, in a virtual call with some other of my colleagues from other schools. And 
They were very happy with um, the enrollment, the numbers, the continued support they wanted to give to to progress the sport. And their goal is to get the sport collegiately to the Olympic level. Like they're they're really pushing for another opportunity for kids to participate. Yeah, a uh, great opportunity. I think when you're looking to uh, be able to connect with all student athletes and provide them with a variety of opportunities to connect with the school and join teams. This is just another door that gets open. It's great that all the all the pro teams in the state are collaborating like that too. Yeah. It is, and they yeah. made us, so um, USA Flag Football along with the NFL teams have created um, some opportunities. Obviously there's a little bit of funding to help out for your pilot startup program, but they're also supplying us with a nice bag of balls and flags and some of the startup equipment um, mm-hmm. that will be shipped directly to us to help to help get the uh, get the program off the ground and running. So yeah, so we'll have to uh, go through the process, right? So we've got to find coaches, we've got to you know have yep. signups for students and yes. uh, you know and that type of stuff. So uh, when. Like when is is this something that we're looking to get up and running this spring? Yes, we are. So um, the other schools in the section that <laughs> are going to pilot it along with Peru, uh, we're looking. It's going to be a spring sport. Okay. So signups will come out in February, just like all the other spring sports. Okay. Um, preliminary, we're just still under the preliminary discussion of schedules because there's not a hundred percent. We're not a hundred percent down on every school that's going to participate this spring. So we're still working through schedules, but we've got it nailed down to practices and how many and to be eligible. Um, got the requirements on our jerseys to order the jerseys because okay. it's very different than um, our 11-man football. There's very different right. rules, um, different jersey requirements. Um, so we're working through all that, but yep. the schedule is not out. So we're looking to probably start playing sometime after our spring break. Okay. So mid-April, towards the end of April, get going. Um, We're trying to mirror some of our 11-man football things. We're trying to do, like, some Friday night light stuff. Oh, wow. Um, Or Saturday afternoon if your facility doesn't have lights. So we're looking to mirror, like, our fall football stuff does. Um, Working on coaches, doing all those those things that we would be doing um, for a regular sports season. Uh, Now, when it comes to teams. So is it the traditional, we're going to try to go with modified JV varsity? Are we just looking at piloting a varsity team? Okay, right now we're just going to pilot varsity. Okay. Um, and the section has agreed as a pilot program, we're going to um, pilot uh, varsity only right now. So it will be uh, females from nine, in ninth grade to 12th grade. Okay. okay. So that's what, we're, that's what we're shooting for. Again, we hope that it grows. Um, talking to some of the state representatives, some of the teams that piloted last season, it has grown so much that some other sections are looking at the JV mod programs starting up too because the uh, participation has been so high but here in section seven i think we're under the agreements that we're going to start slow Mm -hmm. as a pilot um you know here at peru i don't want to speak for any other school i only want to speak on peru's behalf we are going to allow um, our student athletes to dual sport um so that means if you run track or a softball player and you want to try um flag football we're going to allow that because we're piloting, so our practice schedule will look a little different than maybe a softball practice schedule and a game schedule is going to look a little different. We don't want to discourage our athletes from dropping a sport that they've done for several seasons and watch that sport diminish. Right. We want to thrive and keep those other sports healthy and alive and going. So we're going to take it slow. And I 
as how we are looking at at Peru, I know there are some other schools that are in agreement with me. Again, I don't want to speak on another school's right. behalf, but that's what we're going to allow to do to try to help foster this program. Yeah, and I think that, you know, you get things started and up and running, then you can start pulling some of those students mm -hmm. or getting some interest from students that haven't participated on any of the teams. Yeah, once they see that it's sticking around and it, maybe they'll be more open to kind of start it up and then you can tap into some students that haven't done anything else athletically Absolutely. because they, they, they haven't had an area of an interest and maybe this maybe this is, is. That interest yes yeah, so we're that's what we're shooting for yeah. um and of course we want it to thrive and grow so uh we're looking at it as small steps yep. in small steps in a positive direction to give our athletes another opportunity to do something maybe they're interested or try something new that they're interested in yeah. fantastic super exciting yeah uh so good luck with the process i hope that it is definitely something that grows and we get to a point where we have to have a modified JV and varsity program because that means we are impacting a larger population of students uh, in a positive way. So uh, as always, thanks for taking the time to join us uh, and you know, share this exciting news. Well, thank you. Okay, and now we are back with our special guest who will be our uh, building showcase for this week. And we are privileged to be joined for the first time by our new associate principal in the middle school, Ms. Rachel Rebus. How are you? I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah, so uh, this is actually an exciting episode because we've welcomed two new guests this month. That's true. That's you know, true. So I, think I don't think first. we've had that yet. So yeah, it's, no, uh, no. it's excellent. So, uh, Rachel, it's been great to have you on board. Um, and I know you've been in the position for a little while now, but you are new to the district. So... Like always, um, we would like to uh, provide you an opportunity to share a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, where are you coming from? What, you know, where were you before uh, you took this position? And, you know, so on and so forth. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a local girl. I was, I've, I've been here since, since the beginning, I guess I'll say. I graduated from Beekman Town. Um, I was a French teacher for 14 years at three separate districts, um, Beekman Town, Northeastern, and Elizabethtown, uh, before it became Boquette Valley. Um, I really enjoyed teaching all levels of French, one through five, but I felt that it was time to move up and, and offer what I could. I bring to Peru some unique experiences in extracurricular activities. I have been in the past a, a junior and senior class advisor, prom advisor, senior banquet, National Honor Society, student council, um, as well as has, having some grant experience. So I bring those, those qualities which uniquely helped me with what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm super happy to be here. Uh, the district is wonderful. The team over in the middle school has welcomed me wholeheartedly. And I'm really excited to, to see what we can do here. Yeah, and we're excited to have you. Uh, so you are doing some great things in the middle school. Uh, but we really wanted to highlight our PACE program, uh, which is something that uh, we've just got up and running. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about what PACE is uh, and what unique experiences it can offer students. PACE is really awesome. Uh, our district was lucky to have won a $350,000 competitive grant that renews every year for five years. Um, last year, we, we had just initially won it. We were kind of getting it off the ground. I was right. uh, brought in. I was able to join this summer. And um, since then, we've had a, a really great opportunity to just bring everybody to the table, get some great ideas, use the people that we have in our community that have so many awesome talents and get them into our schools to not just teach you know, the same subjects that all the students all, all learn, but 
also some new and, and exciting things. Um, we're running pace in six separate sessions. They're all six weeks long. That happens Tuesday through Thursday evenings, and it's an after-school enrichment opportunity. Every student gets a certain amount of academic time with a certified teacher. Then there's a snack component, and then they go on into an enrichment experience. They have uh, a lot of choice in that, and I, I'm super excited that the fact that session one we didn't have all that many choices but we were building and mm -hmm. now we're into we're starting session four next week and we're up to 24 possible choices for experiences wow. yeah um some of the things that we are able to offer this session we are actually building a boat in one of the technology rooms yeah, a wood a 16 foot wooden boat Whoa. built by middle schoolers which I did see. It, I did see that the other day. And actually, uh, thanks for bringing that up because I was like, wait, what's a boat doing? In <laughs> would you ride in the boat? Yeah, I, I would definitely. Okay. Well, that boat is going to be up for auction if you're interested oh, all in right. purchasing. Um, and all the proceeds will go back into the PACE program. So uh, that, what a cool experience. Yeah. How many kids get to build a boat? <laughs> no, um, and that's why I was so surprised that I saw a boat in TL1. Right? Fantastic. Uh, because they, they don't get that experience, right? So I, 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 yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're very excited. We're doing some neat things with our cultural cafe where we're bringing VR headsets in and designing experiences where students can visit other countries or, or cultures. Um, and then in addition to that, not just the VR, they're also cooking the oh. meals of those cultures. Uh, and, and we go week to week with a different culture every time. That's been fantastic and very, very popular for the kids. We right. experience the music. Um, all of those pieces go into the cultural cafe. Thanks for mentioning that because I saw that on the schedule. I'm like, what's, what's the cultural cafe? It looks like a lot of people are registered for this. So I see it is pretty cool. It's a huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see where they go after they get through French and Italian. Mm -hmm. I, I hope they bring in some really interesting things yeah. um, that students would otherwise not have experienced. Yeah, awesome. Um, continuing, we're doing a lot with art. We have ceramics, we have watercolors, we have art studio. We're bringing some mindfulness pieces into that with the art journaling. We're trying to work on their writing, but not let them know that we're working on their writing. Mm -hmm. um, and if it happens organically in that way, it's it's much easier it's for the kids. Better. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, drones, and, and I know you both can speak a little more to this, but the mm. drones have been insanely popular. Um, we're doing something called drone soccer, which I'm going to be very honest, I don't know a lot about, but <laughs> sounds exciting. Can you tell me more about drone soccer? Yeah, so, yeah, well, so uh, essentially the, the game is designed where you have two teams that uh, they have to be able to fly the drones, and they have goals on each end that they have to get the drone through. Uh, so they do this in an enclosed netted area. Uh, but there's a lot of communication that has to happen. Uh, they have to actually assemble their own drones, put them together, uh, learn how to program them, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of different components to it. Um, it's something new that's, that's kind of growing across the state right now. Uh, it's pretty heavy, I would say, out towards the Section 10 area, um, but it's uh, extremely popular, uh, and the kids have taken to it you know, really quick. They're learning a lot of skills along the way, uh, which is great to see. We actually have... Uh, some of our district technicians that work with our computers and laptops and that type of stuff running some of the programs. One of the uh, great things is where they, they've got to actually build everything before they can compete with it, which is right. nice, too. I think that creates some ownership. Yeah. You know, they built something, they created something. Right. Yeah. And the coding yeah. experience, I think, that they're probably getting is also really important, especially mm -hmm. as they move forward towards whatever yep. career they might 
choose. Absolutely. The whole the whole piece, the whole program is is basically the the PACE stands for Peru After School Career Exploration, and our goal is to just get them the experiences that they can, so they have a little more of an idea of right. what's out there, what's out there, the enrichment for them. Yeah, so the the topics, like you said, they've grown. Uh, I've watched them grow uh, as to as to how many teachers have been involved, and I think it's gaining momentum, which is fantastic. Uh, what so right now it's at, we're targeting the middle school population of students, correct? Is it something that's growing up in the high school or how, like what are the, the ages of the students that were? The grant was designed, I'm sorry, Dan, the grant was yep. designed to be six through 12. Um, currently right now our participation is very middle school heavy, but we are working towards um, developing, putting in a, a fitness piece. Okay. Um, we wanna do a mini pace session um, between sports sessions and pull in some new some new people um, yep. both on the enrichment leader side and also with students we want to get some we want to get as many kids as we can and give them some of these experiences so the fitness piece will bring I think more high schoolers more yeah. older students in um, and we have a lot of exciting things that we're going to offer there between um, weightlifting and they're looking at archery they're looking at um, general fitness nutrition pieces um, just to further expand, you know, within the student's own interests level. Yeah. Well, what a great opportunity for students, right? And I hope, uh, you know, as signups go out, we get more teachers, more opportunities involved, that population of students can grow. Um, and uh, just look forward to see what it brings. Yeah. Now, so John, you are one of the providers, is this correct? You yeah. do? Yeah. So yeah, what yeah, session yeah. do you offer? Um, currently, this week, we finished up... Um, our kind of intro to photography or, you know, photo editing session. Nice. You know, kids got to learn all about um, cameras, different modes, different lenses, different, yep. you know, uh, equipment. And then this week they all got to learn some Photoshop, which was great. Excellent. Yeah. And then starting next week, I'll be offering a video editing uh, class. And Perfect. So we're, Yeah, we're looking so to maybe do some, uh, give kids some interview experience and uh, edit the whole nine. And yeah. It's exciting. Uh, so if you look at that experience, yeah. I mean, that is something that, I think transitions to a skill set for a lot of a lot of kids in the drama club. You yeah. know, they, they love the idea of filmmaking. We mm -hmm. are right now surrounded by students that are comfortable in front of cameras, mm -hmm. right? They they don't mind being recorded yeah. uh, with this generation. So I think this is a great opportunity to offer you know kids some skills and some coursework in areas that we don't during the regular school day, and that goes for the whole program. Uh, and I think it's fantastic. I'm happy that it's something that uh, we were able to bring to Peru. Uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job of organizing it and advertise, you know, and advertising it. You know, the number of sessions is growing for a reason, uh, and uh, I would just like to say, keep up the good work. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, it's great to have you on board. I think you bring a, a great perspective, a wealth of experience, uh, and you're definitely a huge asset to the district. So, thank you. Truly appreciate that. Uh, not to joke, but just a little bit. Now you say. You taught French for a long time. Did I tell you I know some French? Now, most of my French is com confined to, like, food topics, like okay. je femme, right? Je femme. Uh, je voudrais de jus de pomme. Uh, <laughs> I want some apple juice. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's pretty much all I know. Right? But you did it so well. See? Your well. accent was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you both having me and sitting down. And any opportunity to promote this program is yeah. well, time well spent. Absolutely. All right. Well, what a great segment uh, listening to, uh, you know, Rachel be able to talk about, A, her experience that she brings to Peru mm -hmm. and uh, the PACE program. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, so I think she's the, you know, perfect person in that role, and I look forward to, uh, you know, all the things that she brings to the table. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I want to take a quick moment before we sign off to thank everybody for uh, hanging in there with us last year. You know, we had a great year. The podcast grew every month, you know, and we look forward to providing a lot of great content in this coming year as well. Yeah, it's a great communication tool for us, and I hope, you know, as, as things move forward, we grow uh, our audience and you know, people take advantage of it. Excellent. And we look forward to being back with you soon. You've been listening to the We Are Peru podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share the podcast with colleagues and friends. And consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Peru underscore CSD. Thanks again for listening. And remember, we are Peru.